Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'm going to be talking about Secretly Yours by Tessa Bailey, which is a romance novel. Tessa Bailey is a newly very popular romance author. She like kind of blew up with It Happens One Summer. It Happened One Summer, which was at least maybe two or three, probably two years ago. And it was kind of like a Schitt's Creek inspired romance. It Everybody that I saw who read it absolutely loved it. And it was followed up by Hook, Line, and Sinker, which people liked, but not as much as It Happened One Summer. I haven't read either of them, mostly because I had no sort of interest in reading a Schitt's Creek inspired romance. I know a lot of people love the show. I haven't really watched it. I've seen like two or three episodes. And I just didn't really have any desire to read a book where the main character is like Alexis from Schitt's Creek, basically, but like at the beginning. So I don't know. Anyway, so but I because of that, I've heard a lot about Tessa Bailey, but I've never read one of her books. And I recently went to Florida. And hopefully this is not being released like six months after because every other time after I've gone to Florida since having this podcast, I've gone on hiatus accidentally, but it's fine. Hopefully I record or I edit something after I record this. Anyways, so I was poking around trying to get some good books. I knew I wanted a romance. Saw this one. I was intrigued by the premise. The premise that is given to us is basically that our main character, Hallie, fell in love with the main male character, Julian, in high school. They had one almost kiss basically at a party and then um, he ended up going to college and she was still in high school. And she's kind of like been in love with him since he ends up coming back into town. They live in Napa Valley area and she starts writing secret admirer letters to him while also redoing his mom's garden because she's a gardener and chaos (laughs) and hijinks ensue. So this book was really advertised as a secret admirer letter book, but I, I will say that I don't think the advertising for this book was accurate. I still really enjoyed it, but don't get it twisted. I had a great time. I was vibing. I thought it was so much fun, but the advertising was off. And so like, as I was getting ready to record this, I was looking at some Goodreads reviews and I kind of gathered some of their thoughts and it helped put in perspective the things that I like couldn't figure out the words I was looking for. And I'll talk about that later in the discussion section. But anyways, this was super fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Other people didn't like it as much as me, but I, I mean, what do I care? I, I'm glad I enjoyed it. So I'm going to be taking you through this. The main male character has anxiety. And so I don't really know if that's like a trigger, but that is something that is in the book. And also I must issue a spoiler warning. If you don't want Secretly Yours by Tessa Bailey to be spoiled, stop here. Go read the book. I would recommend it. I thought it was a fun time. I didn't take it too seriously. And I think if you also do it that way, you'll have a good time with it. And uh, then come back and listen to this episode because I have a lot to talk about and I think it's going to be pretty fun and exciting episode. So let's get into it. I finished this book just over a week ago and so we'll see <laughs> we'll see how the plot summary goes. So I've already given you the setup. So Hallie, um, she lives in this like town outside of Napa Valley and she is a gardener. She used to work with her grandma before her grandma passed maybe six-ish months ago. So she does like landscaping, gardening, all this different stuff. And she's kind of a wild child. When she was growing up, she 
moved around almost constantly for probably the first like 12 to 15 years of her life with her mom always reinventing herself never staying still eventually her mom like dumps her off with her grandma and Hallie finally feels settled but since her grandma's passing she feels unsettled right then we have Julian Julian is um the son of like one of the biggest vineyards in the like town Voss Valley or something like that Voss Vineyard and he is a professor at Stanford and he's come back for the summer to write a book like a historical fiction book and he's staying at the guest house on the vineyard he is uh he has anxiety like I said and he's very much time focused like he has to plan out everything in his life down to the minute to kind of help control his anxieties, how he explains it. He has a not great relationship with his family. They were never very, like, the four of them were never very, like, warm and loving towards each other. But four years ago, there was a huge fire on the vineyard. Something happened, and then his dad basically said, like, you're never welcome back. His parents ended up divorcing after that. And he's also got a sister whose name I've now forgotten, but I do need to know what it is. Natalie. Okay, his sister's name is Natalie, and I'll talk about her more later. Okay, so the part that's, like, kind of misleading is you start the book thinking it's going to be all about these secret admirer letters, but also it's, but actually it's kind of about wine. So the book opens with Hallie sitting at this, like, wine bar that she always used to go to with her grandma called Corked, and, um, or is it called Uncorked? No, it's called Corked, and a new wine bar opened up, like, down the street called Uncorked, and it's like where the hipsters go. <laughs> Basically, they're like taking cork, like putting corked out of business. And she doesn't want that because that's like one of the places she has all these memories with her grandma, basically. And so she's kind of like done a bunch of crazy stunts of like stealing flyers and stealing cheese and like all this other stuff, breaking the disco ball, like not very, she's very impulsive, right? And when she hears that Julian's moving back into town, she ends up calling Julian's mom and being like, hey, um, you know, I do your planting every fall or something like that. I have this flower. I think it would look great. Can I come out and plant it? And the mom says yes. So Julian and Hallie meet. Like I explained earlier, they had this one almost kiss back in high school. And then so, and Hallie's basically been in love with Julian ever since, kind of comparing all men to him, which is kind of an unhinged thing to do, but whatever. They're definitely like soulmates, so I guess it's fine. But, um, so she goes and she brings, she has three dogs and they're super crazy and she brings them all with her and she's starting planting and Julian is distracted as he's writing. So he goes out and they end up like talking and there's definitely chemistry, but Hallie finds out that Julian doesn't remember her. Basically, all those nights ago, his sister like threw a party and the two of them went for a walk and they were about to kiss in the vineyard, but then he ends up finding out that she's a freshman and he was a senior and he like doesn't kiss her and like brings her back. And that was like such a magical moment because Hallie like had admired him before that because he was like a protector. Like when people were being bullied, he would like step in, he would like help tutor kids, like all this different stuff. And so she just like was really attracted to that. And then he has no recollection of her. So she feels very down and out about it. But like they definitely have chemistry, but he, Julian is also like, she's so chaotic because he asked her about like her planting plan and she's like I don't know I just let the plants talk to me and plant them crazily however she wants versus like doing like every a plant every five inches or like something like that I don't know so Hallie leaves she ends up talking with her best friend Lavinia and she's like rip 
And then some other stuff happens and then she gets super wine drunk and she ends up writing the first secret admirer letter. And while she's drunk and leaves it like on this like tree stump that she knows Julian jogs past every day. Um, she Julian finds the letter and is kind of like, what the heck? But doesn't write back. And Hallie's like, I can't believe I did that. She goes back over to Julian's a few more times to do planting and definitely feelings happen. She writes another letter. I can't remember why she writes another one. And he finds that one. And when she's over there, he ends up even like quoting it to her. And she, instead of coming clean, she doesn't say anything. The two of them end up having a mutual masturbation session. I just like said, recorded myself saying that like a bunch of times because I could not say masturbation correctly. Um, I, anyways, so that happens and it was very hot and it's like, whatever. Okay. And, but then it's like, we can only be friends. So then you know, all that's going on. And then Julian's sister in the meantime has like also come back to the vineyard. And we don't like know at first why she's there, but we end up finding out later that basically she was like a financial investor or something in New York, like partner at a firm. And she made a horrible billion dollar costing decision and ends up getting fired and her fiance breaks up with her. And then she comes back interestingly she's definitely got to be an alcoholic like they said she went to rehab earlier but now she's back and she's falling back into those alcoholic drinking tendencies it's not discussed or explained too much in this book but natalie is having like she's gonna have a book next which i am planning to read and i'm hoping that will be explored and she's going to get some help in that book but i guess we'll wait and see so natalie and julian don't have like a great relationship so basically during the fire four years ago she like almost died in it and he saves her and then after that happens he like locks himself in his room for like days and it's just like a zombie like he doesn't has brain frog he doesn't remember anything that happened and when he finally emerges like he's like i left my family to deal with the fallout and that's when his dad kind of kicks him out and so the two of them kind of discuss that a bit and like julian tries to like he talks to Hallie about like how he doesn't know what's going on with his sister and she's like all you need to do is say I'm glad that you're here and mean it and so they do have this conversation and Julian ends up telling her about the secret admirer letters and she convinces him to write back they do that then the next kind of big plot point is there's this like wine tasting festival and Julian ends up finding out that the family vineyard is not doing well like it used to be since the fire they've lost a lot of money the quality's kind of gone down so he is like and then he also finds out from Hallie about the corked on cork thing so he ends up like doing a bunch of things to help corked like do better and one of those things is having business cards at the wine tasting festival where if they bring it in they get a discount on Voss Vineyard wine and that's like going to bring people in or whatever so they're there and Julian says some absolutely unhinged things about how he feels about Hallie. It was fantastic. I loved it. And he like ends up helping her out when with these children. It doesn't really matter. But like his sister's like, why did you let me write, make you write this letter when you're clearly into Hallie? And he's like, well, we talked about it and we're just too different because he needs like, um, structure and she is very unstructured unstructured and chaotic so Hallie writes like one more letter back to him basically saying we should both do something that scares us for Hallie that is like accepting this like big job at the library to do landscaping but to do it she has to like actually have a plan and stick to it and get it approved and all this different stuff for Julian he ends up deciding to ask Hallie out and kind of throwing 
um, caution to the wind. The two of them go on this date to this wine tasting with his sister. And then we meet the sister's love interest for the next book, August. Um, I'll talk more about them later. Uh, okay, so they go and then like the wine is bad. So they leave and they're walking through the vineyards and then they end up having sex out in the vineyards and Hallie's a virgin. So this is her first time and it's kind of poetic full circle moment because they almost kissed in the vineyard and now they're having sex for the first time in the vineyard. Julian also ends up remembering her at some point in the middle. I don't remember where that happens. And he's like, how could I forget her? All this different stuff. So then they like go on another date, like and everything is going fine. And they're like staying over at Hallie's house. And she had basically, oh, okay. So what happens is like after this first date, Hallie's like, I need to confess that I was the secret admirer. So she like writes one more letter and leaves it out there for him. But then like he comes over and he's like, will you come to this like event where my dad is getting um, an award for the vineyard, but he after the fire like fucked off to Italy and like divorced his mom and like left her with the struggling vineyard. So he doesn't actually want to do that. So she goes and he's like sharing so much. She's like, I have to tell him in person. So the two of them have sex then and they go to sleep and she gets up in the middle of the night to go get the letter because she's going to tell him in person. Julian wakes up and she's not there and he starts panicking, having an anxiety attack and like thinking something horrible has happened to her. What? So he like runs out and it's as Hallie's like coming back. And so he kind of grabs the letter and like figures it out but is like basically like can't think because the anxiety attack is so bad and Hallie and so he leaves without really saying anything. Hallie thinks like he's done with me because I lied about the secret admirer and all of this stuff. And so like then about two and a half weeks pass, Julian during this whole time has basically been finishing writing his novel. When he finally finishes it, he realizes it it's not good because he basically wrote a perfect flawless character. And he was like, wow, this is a shitty first draft, but I'm going to make it better. And he's also like, I need to go talk to Hallie because I just like, he basically was in his brain fog disappearing again, like what happened after the fire. Hallie this whole time thinks he just doesn't want anything to do with her. And then he ends up like basically pulling people together and getting her out to the vineyard and um, is like planting these plants like haphazardly to show like, I love you and like how you do your work and all this different stuff. And the two of them have a conversation and realize each of them thought the other thing. Julian ends up not caring that she wrote these secret admirer letters because the whole time he wanted it to be her. And um, he was like, they helped me understand you better and myself better and like helped us grow together. So it's fine. And Julian's sister, Natalie, about the panic attack, like, brain fog stuff is like this only happens when you care about people so much and think they're in trouble you're a protector and Julian says I'm gonna go to therapy and work on this so this doesn't happen again and that was the book then at the end there's the first two chapters of the next book which I it's definitely called yours all something yours also um wait unfortunately yours which is about natalie in august august is like a former navy seal who now owns a vineyard and he has horrible wine and i already told you about natalie and basically natalie wants to start over but her mom's like i can't lend you any money to start a new fund but she has this trust fund that she can access if she gets married so my guess is the two of them have a marriage of convenience so she can have money to start her new like i don't want to say hedge fund but financial planning investor business and he can have money to keep his vineyard afloat. It sounds like he's keeping it alive based off like 
a friend who probably died as a seal. I don't know. Um, so that's what the next book is about. I'm intrigued. I'll definitely be reading it. So let's get into the discussion section. So what do I want to discuss first? I guess, as always, we should start with, no, we're not going to start with the end. I think maybe I'm going to go down the list of what I wrote down. So first, the most minor thing, but I have a comment about the cover. So the cover is super cute, but throughout the whole book, Julian is described as having black hair and the man on the cover has brown hair, like very clearly brown hair. And it just sort of bothers me that you're going to say he has black hair throughout the book and then put a man with brown hair on the cover. I mean, it's one of the illustrations. It's not like a real man, but like Hallie looks like Hallie. So why does Julian not look like Julian as he's described? So that just kind of bugged me. It didn't like take any enjoyment away from reading this book, but why? Okay, like who designed this and then who approved it? Like it would have been such an easy fix just to make his hair black. I don't know. So then I guess let's talk about my overall enjoyment. I thought this book was really fun. I had a blast reading it. I've had really good luck with the romance novels I've read while in Florida in the past like year or two. I don't know why, but I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, but I will say, like I mentioned earlier, I think I'm going to talk about a few of the like things I didn't like at the beginning and then get to more of the things I did like at the end of this. So the plot summary was definitely misleading. I, the very first part of the book is Hallie talking about like corked versus uncorked in the wine stuff. And then the secret admirer letters don't happen until maybe a hundred pages into the like 350-ish page book, which I, I, if you're a longtime listener, then you know that misleading plot summaries, like back the book summaries really bother me as well as when the plot summary like spoils something that happens halfway through the book. Then it's like, I feel as though that shouldn't have been part of the summary if it's not happening until almost halfway through the book. So like, I, I think basically Like, this was a frustration I saw a lot of people, like, comment about and why this book didn't get five stars from people is that you think it's going to be all about how she's writing these secret admirer letters, but she only writes three and he writes one throughout the whole book. So maybe if there were more of those or, like, a lot of people were like, I just didn't care about the wine subplot. And I also didn't really care about the wine subplot. There were parts of it that I enjoyed. Like, there were certain moments basically about Julian being overprotective or for Hallie or doing things for her that revolved around the wine subplot that I really enjoyed. But the actual wine subplot I didn't care about. I feel like I just wasn't expecting it. Like I remember I was reading the first chapter and I was just confused. I was like, is this a different book? That they put the wrong like cover on some other book? which I knew wasn't true, but I also kind of felt like that. So I feel like basically the way this is marketed isn't great. Like, I feel like instead of saying it's all about these secret admirer letters, there should be something about the wine subplot because everybody was confused why it was there. So definitely that. Yeah, so most people were like, too much wine, not enough letters. And that's also how I felt because I actually, before I was reading those reviews, I was walking back from the grocery store And to my apartment, I was like, they're really like, I wish there were more letters or like that it was, I don't know. So I think, because I personally don't have an issue with that. Like, um, tell me three things, which I read and recorded about probably um, a year and a half ago 
is like basically this girl is like talking over email and text with some guy from her school and she doesn't know who he is and they're like exchanging really like I like when people don't they're talking to somebody online or through these letters and they don't necessarily know who they are and you're trying to figure it out I mean that's different in that book you're you don't know who it is because you only have one perspective in this we know but some people are like I don't like that trope I personally like it I don't care if it's kind of cringy sometimes but um I wish there was either more of it or that the book wasn't called secretly yours and advertised as all about these secret admirer letters because it's really not so I guess as we're talking about the secret admirer letters is it unethical to write secret admirer letters I don't think it's unethical now, should Hallie have told Julian that she was the secret admirer before they had any sort of intimate relationship? Yes, probably so. I mean, all's well that ends well and that he doesn't care. But it, uh, this is also interesting because this takes me to like the conflict. The whole time you think the conflict's going to be that Julian finds out Hallie was the one who wrote these letters and gets mad about it. But then it turns into miscommunication that was the other thing people didn't really like about this book the miscommunication trope of like her thinking he's mad about the letters and him like basically going into an anxiety brain fog for two and a half weeks I didn't mind that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be per se but I mean I, I feel like we needed a little bit more resolution. That was my big problem I think with the book is that it just ended too abruptly like we have the conflict each character has a chapter or two of them working through the conflict and then the last chapter is the two of them making up like I feel like if there was an epilogue that would help a lot because it was very much just abruptly the end like it literally says the end I would have loved an epilogue I don't think every book needs an epilogue but I think a romance novel that ends on the same day of the two of them making up after they've been estranged for two and a half weeks needs an epilogue. If, I mean, if there had been another chapter or two after that that wasn't an epilogue, but just like more plot stuff, then maybe you don't need it. But I needed an epilogue in this book. But that's okay, because we're going to learn more about Julian and Hallie in the next one. And I think that's probably why there isn't an epilogue, because Tessa Bailey does not want to ruin anything that's coming with the next book. Because if you have an epilogue for this, it could kind of spoil what she's trying to do with the next book. So I guess... I forgive her, but it's fine. So, yeah. Okay, but also interestingly is I thought the conflict was going to be a little bit, like, I thought we were going to have a slightly different conflict in that the whole time, like, Julian, we know, is a professor at Stanford, but Hallie lives in this Napa Valley town. I actually don't know how far away Napa Valley and Stanford are. Maybe I should look it up. Um, yeah, okay. Hey, Siri, how far is Stanford from Napa Valley? Not Stanford, Kentucky. <sighs> hey Siri, how far away is Stanford University from Napa Valley? 82 miles by car, an hour and 34 minutes with moderate traffic. Thank you, Siri. So, I mean, I guess it's not that far, but you are like kind of wondering, like he's supposed to go back in the fall to teach next semester. Hallie's business is here. If she moved with him there, she would have to start completely over. But also throughout the book, you have Hallie kind of like, like in conflict with herself about what she wants to do with this business. Since her grandma's died, she's felt so unsettled, doesn't know what to do 
where to go, like how to proceed. Does she still want this? So I thought actually that maybe she would move with him to Stanford and kind of start over. But or like I was like trying to figure it out, like were they doing long di- like long distance? Although it's an hour and a half, truly long distance. It's kind of like medium distance because I mean you don't live next to each other and it takes you like three hours wa- round trip to like drive. But like anyways. But then at the end, Julian is basically like, I'm staying to help with the vineyard because it needs help. And he's maybe going to do like guest lectures or something like that. I feel like it would be easy enough. There's got to be another university nearby that would take him. I mean, who wouldn't take a Stanford professor at their like less, like going from Stanford to literally almost anything else? I don't know. So that was interesting to me because the whole time I thought that's what I was waiting for to pop up. Like he was supposed to only be there for the summer. I don't know. Um... Let's see. Let's talk about some of the things that I really enjoyed. Okay, so I've kind of talked about this a little bit. Hallie with growth yet not fundamentally changing is the note I have here. So, like, I enjoyed Hallie's character. Some people online didn't like her, but I thought she was fun. I enjoyed the dichotomy of the two. And I did understand, like, the main conflict in the middle of the book is that the two of them are just so different. They don't think they can be together that Julian doesn't think he can because of how rigid his life is because he's trying to manage his anxiety. As it goes through the book, he ends up like letting go and being like, I'll change. So there was maybe some vaguely problematic stuff with that. Like, I don't know because I don't have anxiety in this sort of way like that. Like everybody gets anxiety, but I don't like have anxiety. And so I am like, I do know people who have anxiety and they do not handle it by scheduling out their lives minute by minute, basically. So I did wonder if there, if this was questionable anxiety representation, especially at the end when he's just like, I'm going to throw that away so I can be with you. But then he does agree to go to therapy and basically like he's going to work on himself. So maybe if he goes and gets a good therapist, he'll realize that the scheduling out is not actually what he needs to be doing to manage his anxiety. I don't know. So I had questions about that. I didn't see anything online about that. I just saw somebody saying like, great anxiety rep. And I was like, okay, what do I know? But um, it was interesting because the two of them were talking, like both of them were like, I would have to change or you would have to change to be with me, blah, blah, blah. And Hallie doesn't necessarily change, but she does accept that she can't just live her entire life flying by impulsive, basically. She's like, I'm getting myself into all these random scrapes. She almost gets arrested at one point. There's like this, there's that, like all this different stuff. And so then she ends up sitting down and being like, I'm still going to be me, but I can accept that I do need to plan things out in my life. I am going to take this library job like this, that, and the other. And I was proud of her for that because I liked that Tessa Billy didn't make it so Hallie had to change her personality completely but that she still grew as a character in recognizing that she had a lot of destructive self-sabotaging tendencies and she was taking steps to remedy those by the end of the book. So I really enjoyed that. I thought Hallie's character was fun. I also loved Julian's character. One of my favorite parts about Julian is how absolutely unhinged he was regarding Hallie. Like there's one point when his he's talking to his sister and she's like, did I just hear you're doing a story time for children? He's like, yes, I don't like it when Hallie is upset. She should only ever be smiling. Another point when Hallie's like stealing all this like complimentary cheese from Uncorked and the guy's like, I'm going to call the police to arrest you. Julian walks in and is basically like, she's not happy. And when she's not happy, I'm not happy. And you don't want to see what happens. And this is before they've even like kissed or anything. Like this man is so 
unhinged. I wanted to use like every time I thought about it in my mind, I was like insane. However, insane and insanity is kind of like actually a mental diagnosis. And when you use the word insane, it's like not great with mental health and like mental illness and disability and stuff like that. And because Julian actually legitimately has anxiety, I do not want to use the word insane because I'm not trying to be problematic and ableist up in here today. So I thought about it for a long time and I think unhinged is probably the best word I could use. Irrational was the first one I thought of, but I think unhinged is better. But Julian was absolutely unhinged and he was like, Hallie should always be smiling. She should never be upset. Like, he just, like, said the most crazy stuff, and his sister was like, do you think you sound normal? And I was just like, yes, Natalie, he does, but, like, I love it. Like, where's some man who's going to talk to me that way or talk about me that way? Um, So I really enjoyed both of the characters, and and I also felt like they had, like, really good chemistry. Like, you really believed both of them, like, liked each other and should be together and all this different stuff, which takes me to the Tessa Bailey sex scenes section of the discussion section. So I had never read Tessa Bailey before this, but I've heard online a lot like that Tessa Bailey is the queen of sex scenes, that she writes really smutty stuff and that like she, her stuff's not vanilla. And I'm here to say that that is A, true, but B, didn't necessarily go as far as I might have wanted. So um, basically, the two, so the first thing is the mutual masturbation scene, which I talked about, which is definitely very different. And it was also so funny because, like I said earlier, Hallie is a virgin. She's only kissed, like, two people before this because she's been so hung up on Julian, which is, like, maybe kind of weird, but, like, that's fine. If they're soulmates, then I guess it's okay. Um, And so it's so funny because she, like, blushes when she's talking about this with her friend. And then the first time they have sex is in the vineyard on the ground. And then the other sex scene in the book is also outside in Hallie's private garden, which in some ways, like, makes sense because she's a gardener and, like, the full circle moment, all this other stuff I talked about. And it's also very different because normally when you're reading sex scenes in books, they're in bed. They're at least inside, right? And that's not really happening here. And so you're definitely getting it that way. Some people are, like, they don't like how crass necessarily Tessa Bailey can be. That didn't bother me. Um, so yeah, I felt like I needed to discuss that here because I've just heard so much about the sex scenes in a Tessa Bailey book, and I will say that they did live up to the hype. I did enjoy them in this one. Let's see, is there anything else that I want to talk about? Oh, okay. I think I'm going to end it here talking about the next book. So I've already explained the plot, but the thing I want to talk about in the next book is so at the back of this book, there's the first two chapters of the next one. And Natalie basically says that um, Hallie and Julian are always going at it at the guest house that both Julian and um, Natalie live in. I guess my question is, why? Hallie lives alone in her own house with the three dogs. So, like, has she just moved into this guest house and sold her own house? Which doesn't make sense to me. Do the dogs live there with them? Like, also, if you had a place where nobody else lived, just you, and then your partner lived with their sibling... Where would you choose to spend most nights if you're also going to be having sex? I think I would go stay at the place that the person has no roommates at. I think that's what most people would pick. So I was like, that's kind of weird. But whatever, I guess we'll find out more about that in the next book. I'll definitely be picking the next book up. Will I pick up some of Tessa Bailey's backlist? 
probably at some point. I wouldn't say I'm like in a huge rush to, mostly because the two faves are ones I'm not interested in reading. So, but maybe I'd like some of her other books. So, I'm definitely intrigued. I'm going to like kind of like list, keep my ear out, keep my eye out, see what people are saying and um, see what I hear about it. But I had a great time with this book. I would definitely recommend it to people. I mean, if you really, really hate miscommunication, then that's not for you. But whatever. I thought it was fun. I mean, I also haven't read any Tessa Bailey of her other books or the pinnacle of her work or anything like that. So I had nothing to compare it to, which maybe helped in my enjoyment level. But I thought it was fun. I had a great time. I'll definitely be reading it again in the future. And yeah, I would definitely recommend it. So with that, let's talk about what's coming next. So the next episode should be about The Liar's Crown. I think that's what it's called by Abigail Owen. That's what I'm almost done with that. It is a YA slash new A fantasy and it is about um, there's these twin princesses but the, it's about the younger twin and nobody knows she exists. She's basically a body, body double for her sister and she ends up getting kidnapped and they think that it's her on the way to her sister's coronation. She ends up getting kidnapped and um, the crazy stuff ensue ensues. I'm enjoying it and I will tell you more about it next time. So please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Listen to your podcast if you're able to. It would mean the world to me. It would help other people find my podcast and I would love you forever if you did that. Also, um, you can follow my Instagram at I read a book once blog. I have not posted in a very, very long time. But you could also DM me there if you want to talk about this book, this episode, or this podcast. Give me book recommendations. Let me know what you think about Tessa Bailey books, which ones I should read, things like that. If you also don't use Instagram, you could email me at iredabookonceblog at gmail.com and we can chat that way as well. Is that it? I think that's it. Okay, so this was I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and I'll catch you guys next time.